welcome to Medical Education Trends podcast series. Here we'll have discussions and interviews about hot topics in medical education. I'm your host, Mehrdad Haravi, an Iranian medical doctor and a health professions education enthusiast. In this episode, I'm joined by Professor Ken Masters. Professor Masters is Associate Professor of Medical Informatics in Medical Education and Informatics Department of College of Medicine and Health Sciences of Sultan Qaboos University of Oman. Professor Masters, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me. I look forward to today's discussion. Thank you very much, Professor. So, uh, Professor Master, how do you define artificial intelligence? Well, there are quite a few definitions of uh, artificial intelligence, and they will probably evolve as artificial intelligence itself evolves. I generally use a rather simple one, which is uh, the behaviors by computer software that are designed to mimic and extend human rational thinking and actions. Now, I do realize that this definition is quite strongly grounded in the notion that human rational thinking and actions are an expression of some form of intelligence. And that's possibly a weakness in the definition, but I think it's a a useful guiding definition to, to start off with. Now, one of the areas in our view of intelligence itself, however, is going to change. And the the thing that we that we need to be aware of is that. As intelligent machines evolve further and then start to design and create more intelligent machines, so our view of what actually constitutes intelligence is bound to change. And so these new machines will then set the level for what we consider to be intelligence. And of course, then that will naturally affect what we consider to be artificial intelligence. So yeah, the definition that I'm given or that I've given, it's, uh, it works, but it will evolve, it will change as our notions of intelligence actually change. That was an interesting definition. And uh, what are the applications of artificial intelligence in healthcare? Well, there's a very wide range. And I think if I spoke on the topic, if I spoke on the topic for an entire day, I would probably not be uh, completely finished. Um, In a nutshell, in any area of medicine, including broader medical management that can benefit from any kind of data analysis or critical thinking or diagnosis or prediction, those areas will benefit from AI. And of course, from that little description that I've given, you can see that covers just about everything. The data can be in a wide range of forms, not only numbers. We often think of AI as working with numbers, but it's not only in in numbers when it starts off. Because in fact, some of the most impressive work in AI medical applications have been in areas relying on working with images. So radiology, dermatology, similar areas are the most obvious. Frequently also gathering large amounts of data from EMRs, from um, electronic medical records and similar areas, these will also lead to far um, more impressive and uh, insightful views of disease prevention and um, disease management. And then, of course, there's the areas of natural language processing. And these can be used, for instance, to convert doctor's notes that are in in MRs. They can uh, convert the doctor's notes into data. 
and this will help with the gathering of data from EMR systems. And another big area is robotics, uh, which is essentially combining AI with physical machines for processes like to assist with surgery, especially very delicate surgery, um, and then combining it with other forms of telemedicine, including tele-rounding, telesurgery, all those areas will be vast areas of uh, development. You've mentioned uh, um, a lot of fields of applications of AI. So how can health profession educators use artificial intelligence? Okay, so also there's a, a very wide range of applications. I will focus on one area only just to give some idea, but then also mention um, a few others. So <clears throat> if I may plug one of my articles for, for a second, I recently published an open access article that pre presented a framework for AI in medical education. And in the, in the article, I see two broad areas one of which focuses on the administrative side of um, uh, education. And this includes curriculum design and mapping, student participation, advising, counseling, and then the organization of teaching and assessment. So if we take, for instance, just something like curriculum mapping, curriculum mapping, it's a, it's a fantastic idea, but it has many problems. Uh, creating a curriculum map is hard work. It's very boring. Uh, usually the people who do it don't receive any real recognition because it sort of happens in the background. It's an administrative process. And the end product, unfortunately, is almost always wrong. And where it's correct, it's only correct because it's um, inaccurately vague. Okay, so why is it wrong and why is it vague? Well, it's wrong because it takes so much time to create one that by the time it's finished, the curriculum has changed. Unless, of course, you intend to keep your curriculum identical from year to year, in which case, if that's your idea of what medical education is, then you might as well pack up shop right now because you're not giving any um, real education that is current. And on the other side, it's also vague because it's the broad overview only. And it's based on the assumption that all the students in the degree are moving through the identical curriculum in lockstep, lockstep cohorts. And of course, that's not true. St students along the way have many variations in their degrees. They, they might have a leave of absence. There might be a postponement. They might repeat. They might have special study modules, research projects, etc. And all these variations exist and they cannot easily be accommodated by a manual curriculum mapping system, right? And so because it's out of date and you have all these variations, you have a problem that when a clinical teacher teaching, let's say at, at fifth year level, wants to know what did this particular student do or what was this particular student taught in their first year about cell development? That question simply cannot be answered, right? We can see this in general terms only. We can see what the first year students are being taught now, but that does not answer the question. What was this student taught and how was this student examined when he studied this topic? Right? We simply have no idea. We have a vague idea only. So 
<clears throat> in comes an AI system which does proper curriculum mapping. And what the AI system does is it incorporates all the information from all the courses and from this individual's um, work also, from this individual's student's work. And it's dynamically updated. So it means that as the student is going through their degree, as they make choices, if they repeat, if they take a leave of absence, etc., all this information gets put into the curriculum map. So you have a curriculum map that is not only a map of what is happening this instant, but it serves as a record of everything that has already happened. All right. And um, you can actually then use it as a good map should be used to also look ahead. You get a much clearer picture of what's coming ahead of the um, students and whether or not they'll be prepared for this. But in order to do this properly, you need a really intelligent system. You need clearly labeled and identified data. And so that would be a really good place for, for an AI system. And I've yet to see something like that working. So if anybody wants to do a good research project, that's wide open. Another area directly related to, to or more, more uh, obviously directed to medical education has been the area of electronic tutors. Now, there are many arguments about electronic tutors, and I think one of the main reasons there's so many arguments is that it's arguments about the methods of teaching. And we know that there's no single best method of teaching that works under all circumstances. Generally, lectures get a bad rap, but we know that lectures actually do serve a very useful purpose, right? Um, but then there's also PBL and TBL and all the other wide variety of, of teaching methods. So the, the difficulty of using AI tutors or AI teachers is that we have to allow for this variation and that our AI tutors, AI teachers need to be as varied as the methodology. Because what we want to do is we want to make sure that when we have our AI teachers or our AI tutors, that all that development is guided by the educational needs, not by the technological desires. So our aim is not to do something fancy. Our aim is actually to make sure that we have clearly identified our educational needs and then we can build them into the tutoring systems. So really, that's just, I just give you two quick areas on curriculum mapping and um, AI teaching, which would give you some idea of some of the potential for um, AI in medical education. Well, thank you very much. I think our audience uh, have learned so much from the applications of AI. So you've mentioned students. Um, to what extent do you believe uh, we need health profession students learn to apply AI? And if so, how? Yeah, this is a, this is a really difficult question. Um, I teach uh, introductory work to students and they are in, depending on, on their year, they're around about their, their third year. And it is a hotly debated topic of how much actually needs to get taught. Um, you know, there's a, there's a continuum. So on the one end of the continuum, 
there are those that believe that doctors need to know only how to use the software systems. So they don't need any knowledge about any of the underlying principles. And the logic is most people know how to use MS Word and they can type and they can save and they can print a document, but they don't know how that actually works. You know, they, they press print and then if the printer is working, then it, then it works. Um, most doctors have moved into telemedicine really easily and they just wanted to know things like um you know is this encrypted because they will have heard about in encryption and they and somebody says yes it's encrypted and they say okay great and then they use the telemedicine system if you had to ask the average doctor about the different types of encryption systems and hash codes and you know um peer-to-peer -peer or rather point-to-point -point encryption, they, they would say, I don't know anything about that. And you know what? I don't have to know anything about that. The tech guys have told me that this is encrypted and it's safe and this is all I'm interested in. So a, a large number of people feel that when it comes to AI, that's really what you're going to teach um, medical students. You teach them how to use the systems only. On the other side of the continuum, there's um, almost the, the opposite. Other people feel no, doctors really need to have a deep understanding of neural networks, regression, deep learning, etc. And uh, they need to understand this in detail. They need to appreciate exactly what is going on. And this will allow them to um, have a better sense of their system's parameters and the limitations and the sorts of things that they can uh, use their systems for and the sorts of things they can expect from their uh, systems. The, the answer, of course, like most things, is somewhere in the middle. And it depends on several factors. So it will depend on the available facilities. So it's all very well to say we need to teach our students in-depth stuff about AI, but uh, what happens if you don't have the qualified uh, people who are there to teach it? What if you're not actually uh, doing any kind of in-depth programming or anything like that? So uh, wanting to teach it and being able to teach it, two different things. Then there's also the students' backgrounds. So if you are in a country where many of the students have done a degree before, you might find that their medical degree is a secondary degree. Or, and, and some of them will come from an arts background. Some of them will come from an engineering background and maybe a computer science background. So there may be some students who would really go very, very quickly into detailed programming and they would like to set up all these things uh, and get heavily involved in, in AI. And there might be other students saying, no, 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 look, you know, I, I'm here to treat patients. I'm going to use the software. I don't want to know what, my goodness me, logistic regression, even just the sound of it would scare most people to death. Okay. So um, it, we have to take into account the students' backgrounds and then their future intended specializations because we want to make sure that those who just want to remain in one area, they want to work directly with, with, with patients, how much of the technical stuff, how much of the hard uh, um, programming do they actually really need to know? On the other hand, do, would it be useful if we had doctors who did know some of that so that when they are working with the developers, they can actually speak the same language. All right. So this is a 
uh, these are some of the complications that, that are introduced. Personally, I tend to be more to the user side. I have a, I have a colleague um, who he tends to push to the programming side. So we, we agree to disagree and we, we both sit somewhere in the middle, but we, we, we're just a little away from each other. As I say, I, I tend to be more on the user side, but I do agree that at least a cursory knowledge of the terminology is important because this allows the doctors then to communicate with others in the field so that when the programmer is saying something like we're going to be using um, a supervised learning for the for you know with our training data um, the doctor doesn't say I don't know what you mean by what is supervised learning and what is training data what 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 are these things so I think that the doctor does at least need to understand what those concepts are and that that the um, the training data must be separate from from the testing data and why it must be separate from from the testing data so um, even though the doctor is going to be working only with the, the 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 system as it interacts with the patient i think it is really useful if they have a sense of these terms and how they work and how the concepts work um, you know so it's just as the doctor doesn't have to understand how a printer works, but if somebody says to him, have you updated your operating system or do you have the latest printer drivers, then at least the doctor should know what those, what those questions mean and not say, uh, operating system, what's, what's that, All right? Because you, you don't want your, your doctor to be at that level of um, ignorance. And I don't mean stupidity, I mean ignorance about the system that they're actually using. So, with this, there, there are actually some really nice short courses. So if people um, are sitting in an area where they think, yeah, but how do I teach my, my students this? There's some really good online um, courses and I'm not connected with any of these courses. I'm going to mention a couple of them. I'm not connected with any of them. I don't get any kickbacks. And so um, there's no conflict of, of, of interest here. Uh, the University of Helsinki offers two free online courses on, on artificial artificial intelligence. These are two general courses on artificial intelligence. They, they, in fact, I have done them myself. I don't think they ever really come uh, to discuss anything about medical. And um, the, the really nice thing about the second course is that you can take it at three different levels. You can take it at sort of a, a novice level. And then the intermediate and the more advanced level is if you actually got some programming and you've got some Python, then you can do it at that level and you can still complete the course. But if you take it at the novice level, you still get the course, you pass the course, because then it examines you on concept. You don't have to know anything about Python. Having a bit of a programming background is, is quite nice so that you can, because you, you look at some of the code and, and it makes a bit of sense to you, but it's not required. Um, edX also has several nice uh, courses. It's, it's got one on designing chatbots and it, that's done without any programming. I actually did that course just uh, last week and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it uses IBM uh, Watson as its main engine. Uh, so those are useful areas to, to explore. And then MIT App Inventor. Um, some people might not know what this is. MIT App Inventor is a block-based system for developing mobile apps. It's a nice entry into um, app development. And it has some nice rudimentary introductory material to, uh, for, for you learning how to use AI. So there's quite a lot 
to get your teeth into and and people can have a look at uh, building this into into their work um, and so far I've spoken about the technical side but a second area that that medical students really need to know about and this is usually referred to as the softer side this needs to be addressed right so in medical informatics in general which is my, my subject that I teach um, we need to consider the impact of computers on society the role of the physician ethics and the ethical use of computers because this is absolutely crucial and when it comes to ai it will be even more so because with the increased power brought about by ai comes increased responsibility and the need for increased self-awareness amongst medical practitioners this is really really important um, if I think back to the definition of AI, when I spoke of the behaviors by computer software that are designed to mimic and extend human rational thinking, implicit in that, we have a wish for ethical behavior by both the AI systems and the people who work with them, all right? And so we need to make sure that they are follow, following ethical rules. And so that's an important thing because we want to make sure then that even if the doctors are not directly involved in the programming, if they're working with programmers, that the medical ethical uh, aspect is always taken into account because we've seen some disasters with AI and um, medical ethics, and we don't want to repeat that. And then finally, I think on, the, on this issue, allied to, to the, the doctor working with the system, is the important psychological shift that will be required from doctors where they hand over some of the responsibility for the decision-making. They're handing this responsibility over to a machine. And with this comes a shift in power, all right? And so when they hand over responsibility, they're also handing over some of the powers. And, and doctors will struggle to, to, to do this and they need to be trained how to work together with machines in a sort of a hybrid approach, if you'd like. This is gonna take some really careful and really delicate teaching. So I think those are the, those are the areas where really that, that show scope for medical education at the moment. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed every second of it. You've completely explained the current status of artificial intelligence in medical education. So how do you predict the future of AI in medical education? Well. I think it has a really bright future, but it is going to take a great deal of effort because I have been, although I've seen some wonderful things, I've also been quite disappointed by some developments. And I'm not talking about developments that don't function properly. I'm talking about attitudes. So I see great advances in medical applications, but in medical education, sometimes I see people lagging behind and it may be because of resistance to change by the old guard. So let me just give you two quick examples. Um, I recently saw a 2020, 2020, this is just last year, editorial about the essential skills of ECG interpretation that should be taught to medical students. And in the article, they acknowledge that there's been advances in AI, but then the article quickly speaks rather disparagingly about reliance on algorithms. And then in its lists of skills to be taught, it doesn't mention AI or AI systems at all. 
So it's, you know, it's like as if AI systems in ECG interpretation, it just doesn't exist. So they, they're looking to the future and they're saying from now on, we need to teach um, doctors how to work with ECG interpretation and nowhere do they say, and maybe know how to work with software that actually identifies and can read um, ECGs. And similarly, just a few weeks ago, I saw a 2021 article on key learning outcomes for an undergraduate preparatory course in radiology. Okay, and so this is a course that is designed to help medical students transition from preclinical into their, their, their clinical years. And it specifically excludes the use of AI tools. And this is in radiology. And the authors acknowledge that the AI tools are important, but then when they have their recommendations, they exclude um, knowledge of AI tools. So this does um, this does give me some cause for concern where we're sitting in 2021 and we had a, we have a radiology curriculum and it specifically excludes AI. So that's those are two areas I'm, I'm concerned about. Um, another area is the locking down of EMRs. Now, there, there are two problems. The one is the commercial systems do not like interoperability, all right? So they do not like the fact that you can get the data out of their system, because if you can get it out of their system, you might put it into a competitor system, and they would much rather you use all their systems. So interoperability in EMRs, that has to be sorted out. And then, of course, and quite understandably, there's a really delicate and difficult balance between patient data privacy and the need to give data to the AI systems in order for them to function for the good of humanity. And we don't have this balance right yet. And, and it's, a, it's a really, really difficult thing. I, I speak to patient advocates and on the one hand, they're saying, why don't we use AI? Why don't we use it? And then the moment I say, all right, are you prepared to make all your data available and give it over to Google? I say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what we have in mind. Well, in order for these systems to work, they're going to need the data. And so it's really difficult to get that, that, that balance right. So yeah, the future I believe is bright, but the sunlight is at the top of a very, very steep hill that has to be climbed. Well, thank you very much, Professor Masters. Um, actually, I'm done with my questions. So if you have any last words for our audience who are interested in artificial intelligence, we are more than happy to hear that. Okay, well, I don't think I really have much more to, to ask. There are uh, some nice general articles that are available. And um, yeah, just do a, a simple search on, on artificial intelligence in medical education. Most of the articles that are written are written for people who are not entirely knowledgeable about AI. Um, again, at the risk of, of um, plugging an article, I do have an Amy guide uh, and um, that that is that is certainly aimed at someone who is interested in ai but doesn't know much about it and would just like a little bit of background information and then um yeah the, the courses that i mentioned and the nice thing about doing um online courses like that is that you know you you have a chance to mess up you have a chance to experiment you take your time and you do it in your in your own time so uh, you build your confidence and your knowledge like that it's like any new field you you want to find out about it you're going to have to work at it a little bit but there is stuff there that will help you along the way well thank you again masters my, for being with us today thank you very much my pleasure thank you very much for having me on your show thank you very much 